We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministry, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to the Bride Time Live show with your host, Dr. June Knight. Good evening, Bride, on this Monday evening. I'm so excited to be with you tonight after the battle I've been through last week. But listen, tonight we are going to learn a lot from a scribe. Listen, this guy, some call him storyteller, but I call him a prophetic scribe. Listen, we have here tonight Mr. Ronald F. Owens, Jr. How you doing, sir? Good, good evening. How are you doing, Dr. June Knight? Doing good. Listen, sir, I'm going to read your bio so that the bride can get to know you a little bit. Ronald F. Owens, Jr. accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior in 1968 when he was 11 years old. He believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant Word of God. He believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who was born lived and died on the cross for our sins and sicknesses to reconcile us to God. He believes that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and imparted the Holy Spirit to help us all live as Christians. He believes in justification, redemption, confession, salvation, reconciliation, sanctification, transformation, and glorification. Owens earned an Associate of Arts degree in Social Science from Sacramento City College and a Bachelor of Arts degree from California State University, Sacramento. He also studied the Holy Bible at Fuller Theological Seminary, Northern California, Sacramento campus. Owens is a communications professional who has tenured more than 33 years of writing experience. While working at his job by day, He has rewritten portions of the Bible in newspaper format called the Testament Spectator at night during the early morning hours and on the weekend. He has studied the Holy Bible in the state of Israel three times and the Hishamite kingdom of Jordan twice. His pilgrimages to the Holy Land have also augmented his writing. Owens lives near Sacramento, California with his parents. Dora L. Owens and Ronald F. Owens, who are in their 80s. Well, welcome, sir. We really honor all of your history today. Listen, I would like for you to take us back in time a little bit. We know who your parents are. So was you always raised in California? No, no. I was actually born in Japan. My father was, yeah, my father was in the Air Force. And um, I was made in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. So, yes, I was born in 1957. And then uh, we moved to 
Omaha, Nebraska. Um, my dad was stationed on Offutt Air Force Base there. He was also stationed at Bowling Air Force Base in Washington, D.C., Ramstein Air Force, Base, Air Force Base in Germany, Patrick Air Force Base in Florida, Marksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. So he retired in Louisiana from the Air Force in 1977 wow. and removed to California at that time, and we've lived in, in the Sacramento area since then. Wow. Okay, well, tell us, you know, when you read your writings, it is so phenomenal. I mean, it just takes you there. I'm a writer as well, and I just wish my writing was near as beautiful as yours is because when you write, you place us there like, one of the things Brady wrote about, he talks about, let me take you down this rabbit trail, rabbit hole. And then I'm, now let's, let's go back to this rabbit hole before. Now, now just follow me a little bit longer. And, you know, like, wow, <laughs> like, what, what made you uh, have a love for writing? What is the story of your writing? Well, believe it or not, I had a speech impediment. I used okay. to stutter when I was a child through junior yeah. high school high school, college, into my late 20s. But when I was in high school and I would stutter, I was inhibited in communicating. But when you write, you don't stutter. And so I discovered my skills as a writer during the time that I was during the time that I wasn't able to verbally communicate as well as I am now. So um, I got a degree, as you read in my bio, in government journalism at California State University, Sacramento. And one of the most valuable things I learned from one of my college professors, she was talking to us potential reporters at that time, and she said this, Show your readers. Don't tell your readers. Show them. Don't tell them. And that has been a very valuable lesson that I learned that I have applied in my writings. Yeah. Uh, I started started um, you can tell writing. Too. Yes, yes. So that's basically my my uh, modest operandi. When I write, I, I try to show the reader and not necessarily tell them. Yeah. Well, you do a phenomenal job, let me tell you. Now, how many books have you written? I've written four books. Uh, okay, the first and tell is, us about your book. Okay. Uh, the first book is Judas, Betrayer of Jesus, yeah. Lucifer, Enemy of God, and Spectators of Jesus to Christ. Now, Spectators of Jesus to Christ is a book that talks about the 26 people that Jesus interacted with. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So there are various people that Jesus interacted with. Yeah. And I'm, t- I'm telling their story as if I'm them. So Lucifer, yeah. Enemy of God is the first chapter of Spectators of Jesus to Christ. And in Lucifer, Enemy of God, it's an overview of the Old Testament. I'm taking the reader through various parts of the Old Testament, and I am describing um, from the perspective of Lucifer and where he came from and how he devolved and and what he did in the Old Testament and how he tried to prevent Jesus' coming. And so the purpose of Lucifer, enemy of God, is to provide an overview, a summary of the Old Testament. Judas' betrayer of Jesus is a very small doctrine of soteriology or doctrine of salvation book where someone can read it in one sitting and yeah. so there are three chapters. Um, it's a small three-chapter book. And that particular book is also in Spectators of Jesus Christ. So essentially, if people want to, like, provide someone 
with an overview of the Old Testament, then they would give them Lucifer, enemy of God, or, or, or read Lucifer, enemy of God themselves. If people want to provide some sort of witnessing um, tool about Judas, then they would give them Judas, betrayer of Jesus. But if they look at spectators of Jesus to Christ, it includes both Lucifer and both um, Judas. So, yeah. so essentially, I've spawned the smaller um, components of spectators of Jesus the Christ in the Lucifer book as well as in the Judas book. Gotcha. Now, I know you have some excerpts to read for us today. Go ahead. Uh, before I do that, I want to also describe okay. my fourth book, <laughs> uh, yeah, Noah, Noah, Prepare of the Ark. Um, yeah. I put myself in the shoes or sandals of Noah. And I'm describing to the reader um, what happened um, during that time based upon Scripture, um, how I built the ark. I remember walking around thinking, how am I going to build the ark? And for several weeks, June, I was thinking about this, pondering this. And so I finally figured out a process. Matter of fact, someone asked me, I bet you did a lot of research about building the ark. No, I didn't. I ah. thought of my own method of building the ark as if I was going wow. to do it. And, and the whole purpose of that exercise, June, is that God calls us to do something. God calls yeah. your leaders to do something, and he gives people a general idea about what to do, but insofar as the specificity, we have to initiate. We have to step out there on faith. We have yeah. to uh, take the initiative and actually do it. And then once yeah. we start doing it, ideas start coming. Um, yeah. um, there, there are divine connections. There are other ideas that are built upon ideas that the Holy Spirit inspires after yeah. we take that step. So this book, Noah, is an act of faith in writing it, trying to devise a method of constructing the ark, just it was an act of faith for Noah to take that step and 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 right, and, exactly. and construct the ark. Yeah. Right. And one last thing before I before I um, you know yeah, read an excerpt, um, there's a fifth book that is going to be under production very soon. I'm really excited about that this book. That is awesome. Yes, so this fifth book is based upon um, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. That's in Luke. Right, um, right. I've got to be honest with you. I've written so much, sometimes I have to pause and think, <laughs> what are the, all these books about? So if I hesitate, it's because I have so much information in my mind, it's hard to get it all out, you know. And plus, I'm excited to be in your show as well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. so anyway, the story of Rich Man and Lazarus is basically, it's, I, I, I take that particular uh, story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 16, and I contemporize it. Um, I make the rich man a very wealthy man in 2019. And I make oh, the wow. uh, Lazarus character a homeless man. And I'm telling their stories, what kind of life the rich man lived and, and what kind of person he was and what kind of sins he committed and how he right. rejected the Lord and what happened to him. And he is condemned to hell. And I'm telling as if I'm in hell, based upon the scripture, what wow. hell is like. And so Lazarus, again, I, I tell the reader what kind of person he was and, and, and wow. the uh, things that happened to him and, and the tragedies and his poor choices and how he became a homeless man and how he reconnected to God in the nick of time yeah. and how he dies and goes to heaven. And I'm describing heaven based upon the scriptures. So um, that book is going to be going into production very soon. The manuscript has, has gone through two rounds of edits, and wow, I'm hoping right that it, it'll be uh, – uh, we'll have books in about a month 
to maybe a month and a half from now. Aww. So those are the five books. Um, um, Lucifer, Enemy of God, Judas, Betrayer of Jesus, Spectators of Jesus to Christ, and yeah. Noah, Prepara of the Ark. And those books can be found on Ronald F. as in Frank Owens, O-W-E-N-S-J-R.com. Well, what you don't know is while you're talking, since we're live, I have had your website up on here, up on the screen for people to see your website while you was describing your book. Well, thank you. And I want to also uh, share uh, with the people, when you go to my website and you check out my books, they can also download a free PDF of the Testament Spectator. I have rewritten about 10% of the Bible in newspaper format. And the yes, Testament I spe- showed that to them too, yes. And the Testament Spectator's flagship edition uh, is a 48-page, uh, 125-story newspaper about reporting the life and times of Jesus to Christ. I, I put myself as a, um, as a reporter. And I am, and I, and I've, and I've sectionalized all of the stories about Jesus that appeared in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I amalgamated all the all the timelines into one, and I'm presenting the gospel in newspaper. Matter of fact, June, this is I how know it's so cool looking. We're looking at it now. Okay. Well, this is where uh, the spectators of Jesus the Christ and Lucifer, enemy of God, and Judas, betrayer of Jesus, and Noah, preparer of the ark, and the story of rich man and Lazarus to be produced. These ideas came from writing the Testament spectator. So I've got two sets of writing. I've got my reporter writing in the Testament spectator that people can download for free. And then I've got the stories being told from an observ from from a, a from an observer's or participant's perspective, where I put myself in the shoes or in the sandals of various people and I'm telling their story. Wow, so, I um, just have to point out a few of your articles. Look at this, Brad. A Greek mother's plea finally pays off. He, he's written it just like if he was back in those days. Seven loaves and a few small fish feed a multitude. Blind man healed with Jesus' spittle. Miracle worker refuses to perform cure in Bethesda. <laughs> Simon Peter correctly IDs Jesus as the Son of God. This is so amazing. What in the world gave you the idea to do this? Okay, well, I was going to Bible college during the early 1990s, and um, I was taking Bible classes, and I was assigned all the other students to write short papers. Yeah. But my papers weren't too scholarly. (laughs) They They were more like storytelling. And yeah. I'm thinking, well, this is an interesting idea. I'm kind of like telling the story, and I'm quoting what David said. And and so I thought about the storytelling aspect based upon a journalist's perspective, particularly right, right. since I received a degree in government journalism, and I was working um, um, for an employer, and my job was to put together the association's newspaper. So I was already within the professional environment of journalism, of 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 interviewing people, of um, um, writing feature stories, and putting together newspapers and desktop publishing. I was already in that world professionally, and so quite naturally, yeah. it you know since I'm a lover of the Bible and and writing. Um, I started thinking about that from a, a, a storytelling from a biblical perspective. So that's how that writing uh, from a journalism, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, came to pass. Now, are you doing that now, journalism for a career? Uh, I, I work uh, for uh, an employer, um, yeah. and I work with the media. 
And so I do use my uh, writing skills um, in that oh, profession. Good. And that, yes. yeah, so that has really that has really helped as as a writer as well. Uh, I need to share yeah. a quick story, if I may. Yeah. Um, the the employer that I'm that I worked at between 1987 and 1992, it was a really difficult um, um, period in my life professionally. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, I worked for a challenging boss. It was micromanaging, and it was within that environment. I was working 12-hour days, putting together this monthly publication. I had a very critical audience, and you know sometimes we have a tendency to say, "Lord, bail me out of this situation." Lord, I got to get out of this. This is too tough. Yes. But sometimes June, and I want to encourage your audience, whatever they're going through right now. It may be tough. It is tough. But sometimes yeah. we have to, we can't escape prematurity. We've got to go through it because if we don't go through it successfully, we can't be the better for it. If God had to wow. bail me out of that situation Amen. in 19, because I started there in 1987. If he had to bail me out in, in 1988 or 1989 and I hadn't sufficiently learned what I was supposed to learn, yeah. I wouldn't be the man right. today, character-wise. I wouldn't be the writer today. I wouldn't have been able to put together all those publications that allowed me to put together the Testament Spectator, which you and your readers can download for free. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have been able to uh, be the writer so people can and um, support my ministry and purchasing uh, spectators of Jesus the Christ and the Lucifer enemy of God and the Judas betrayer of Jesus and the Noah preparer of the ark and the story of rich man and Lazarus two or three months from now. So yeah. I want to encourage your leaders that whatever they're going through, it's tough. Yeah. Life is tough. Um, um, so rather than praying the Lord to bail me out, Pray to give me strength to persevere, yes, to run yes. the race, to endure. Yes. Amen. I agree, sir. I agree. I, I was trying to put it on the screen, your books on Amazon, so they could see all the books, but it's not working out. But, yes, uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and when we come back, would you mind gracing us with your excerpt. Okay, I, I would enjoy that, yes. Okay, one moment. Here we go. Hello, Brian. Are you a writer? Or do you have a story to tell and maybe you need a little help with your writing? Well, go to Treehouse Publishers today. We can help you achieve your dream. Dreams come true in our house. Do you have a book just waiting in your spirit to come out and share with the world? Well, Treehouse Publishers will help you to achieve your dream. Write that book today. Sell your book in London, in Africa, and many other countries. Let your tree bear much fruit with Treehouse Today. Go to www.gotreehouse.org. All right, Brad, we're back on this Monday night. Listen, you can check us out at watbradio.com. Also, for our television broadcast and news from Washington, D.C., you can go to watb.tv. We are also on Twitter, on Twitter at watb radio and watb.tv, and also on Instagram at watb.tv. Okay, Brian, we are back tonight with author Ronald F. Owens, Jr., and he is going to be reading us some excerpts. So go ahead, sir. You've got the floor. All right. I asked the Lord, what did he want me to share? And I felt led to share an excerpt from Noah, preparer of the ark. 
And the reason why is because it's relevant today and what we see and the, and the sin and the depravity um, of what's going on. So I'm going to read in uh, part, uh, chapter 3. It's a very short chapter, okay. and it's called Con- Continuing Age of Sin. So Noah is, is talking. It was brutal, cruel, and savage man who multiplied on the face of the earth after Cain and Abel's generation in those days. Daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair. They took these beautiful women as wives of all which they chose. And it was the Lord God who spoke to me the first time. In those days, I heard the Lord say, when he spoke to me the first time, that his spirit shall not always strive with man. The Lord noted that man also is flesh. The Lord decreed that man's days shall be 120 years. Now, this was the historic time, which was the very first time that the Lord God set this 120-year-old age limit of time. This time limit was far younger than my 500-years-old age. In those days, I saw giants in the earth. These giants were the sons of God who had relations with the daughters of men. They bore children to them. These children grew. These grown males became mighty men of renown. And in those days, it was he, the Lord God, who saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The all-powerful, the all-knowing, and the all-existing God saw that every imagination of the thoughts of men's hearts was only evil continually. It was I, Noah, who ventured to where they lived and viewed with shock, embarrassment, and revulsion the unholy engaged in sexual sins, watched the ungodly commit idolatrous sins, witnessed the unruly display temper sins, and observed the unrighteous, the uncontrollable, and the uncouth indulge in Appetite sin. Wow. Should I continue? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sexual sins. This is the subhead. I grimaced the shock, embarrassment, and revulsion as I viewed people engage in sexual sins. They walked in the lust of the flesh. Uncontrollable sexual appetites never satiated them. Married men and married women committed adultery with married couples, single couples, and other singles. Men had sex between men and among men anywhere. Women had sex between women and among women everywhere. They did not hesitate. They bragged about it. They did it in secret. They did it out in the open. They had no conscience knew no shame or felt no regret of whom, when, and how many partners they slept with. If they were not involved in sexual affairs to satisfy uncontrollable sexual appetites, they had sex for profit. People exchanged money, enriched themselves, and victimized others. Men and women prostituted themselves and prostituted each other. Adults even paid parents to ravish their children or bartered with each other to prevail upon, pollute, and pervert small kids. If they weren't engaging in sex for money, adults had sex with kids for perverted pleasure. Men and women forced themselves on innocent boys and precious girls. Adults justified having sex with children. Women said snuggling with kids and having sex with younger children was for love and emotional bonding. Men said youngins liked sex. They said that sex was natural for them. They said sex prepared adolescents for adulthood. But these women and men lied. Adult sex with kids was not right for the child. Adult sex with children only gratified the adults at the expense of and cost to the child. Some adults even had sex with babies. Depraved adults committed unthinkable, unspeakable, and upsetting sexual acts on newborns, infants, 
babies, toddlers, and children. Some children even had sex with other children. Stronger children roamed the streets like rabbit wolves. They preyed upon and victimized weaker children. Stronger boys inserted themselves in weaker boys. Stronger girls inserted all types of objects in weaker girls. People even had sex with farming livestock and copulated with pets at home or with beasts of the field. In attempts to satisfy their uncontrollable, unthinkable, and unspeakable sexual appetites, they mixed potions and drank wine. They inhaled mind-altering vapor and ingested mind-hallucinating pain on the powerless, violently pained the willing or the unwilling, or shamefully and pathetically inflicted pain on themselves. They did all this plus any and every other imaginative deviant sexual act to ignite and inflame sexual lust. This constant desire for continuous lustful sex without God, without love, without heartfelt tenderness, and without genuine fondness and intimate affection was selfishly rooted in self-absorption, self-centeredness, and self-gratification. Yes, this constant desire for continuous lustful sex was rooted within by demonic possession and growing without by carnal, unbridled lust. They were always thinking about me and my and I and self. Idolatrous sins. I watched the ungodly commit idolatrous sins. People devised, crafted, and fashioned gods from wood, stone, gold, bronze, and iron. They hoisted idols and hurled blessings upon them. They honored these lifeless gods with high-pitched, piercing praise and unrestrained, wild worship. They sacrificed unto these idols their spotless lambs, senior cows, stout oxen, and strong bulls. They sacrificed unto these idols their their other sundry beasts. But my God, my God, my God, they did a whole lot more. They even sacrificed their offspring on the altars of their gods. Hollering newborns, crying infants, screaming babies, wailing toddlers, nor whimpering children failed to deter resolute minds, nor soften evil hearts of those who slashed, stabbed, and singed these youngins on the altars of their gods. To appease and placate their gods, they did other gory and horrid things. They sacrificed grown-up victims during these pagan rituals. With sharp knives, they gouged eyes and slit throats. They severed heads and cut wrists. They dismembered limbs and slashed chests. They offered body parts unto godless idols. Isn't this what's going on now, June, with abortion? Yes, I was thinking that, yes. Abortion is all about human sacrifice. Yes. It's about women sacrificing their babies on the altar of basically their pecuniary or financial interests. It's sad. I'll continue. I know this is graphic, but this is what's going on right now. Yeah, As it happened in Noah's day. After the sacrifice bled and died, the priests and priestesses of these wood, stone, gold, bronze, and iron gods callously and cruelly drained blood from their sacrificed victims. They squeezed blood in round cups, circular bowls, or narrow flasks. They offered warm blood to these idols. They heated blood or swathed each other with blood. They doused themselves with blood or even drank blood. They then disemboweled the sacrifice, be they young in age, middle age, or of old age, and salivated, feasted upon, and voraciously gorged on their entrails. With the loud sounds of loud drums and even louder music of instruments and vocalists, they chanted, cast spells, or conjured up evil spirits. 
with the quieter sound of united hums, they individually and or collectively sat with motionless head, folded legs, closed eyes, unclasped hands, and meditated for an endless, endless, and endless hours. June, I want to pause here. There has been an encroachment of the demonic in the church, and that demonic encroachment has to do with yoga. So when I wrote that particular graph, I was addressing the yoga in the church. And I have talked to Christians and debated with Christians and discoursed with Christians and basically said, oh, it's only stretching. Oh, I'm only stretching my muscles. But they don't realize that these poses conjure up evil spirits. And so it may be benefiting their body temporarily, but you're opening yourself up to the demonic when you are involved with yoga. So that particular graph was directed at that thing. I remember seeing yoga. Matter of fact, I see people carrying more yoga mats than Bibles uh, these days. There was a time you see people carry Bibles, people carrying yoga mats to church or having yoga as part of a church service. Mm -hmm. I know. And see, I'm sure you see that a lot in California, but let me tell you, yoga is a lot more than that. Yoga, when these people move their bodies in these weird contortion positions, they are moving it towards a God. People have yes. no idea what they're doing when they mess with that. It's terrible. Yes, yes. And so our job is, is, is as watching the wall, is to let the body of Christ know individually. Yes. You know, those who have pastors, those who are church leaders, um, yes. and just basically say, hey, you know, this is part of the demonic, and we should not be incorporating it in our personal life nor in our um, in, in church services. Exactly. Church well, team. that was definitely graphic. And, you know, when you think about Noah uh, back in his day, and you think about us and the timing that we're in, uh, Noah had to tell all these people there is a flood coming when there is not even water that come out of the heavens from then. You're the right. water only came up from the earth, so these people thought he was crazy. You know, and you know and, how long? Go and, ahead, go ahead. Uh-huh. And basically, and, yeah, and because you, there's... Go ahead. <laughs> we're getting excited, I know. <laughs> But, yeah, I'm thinking, um, how many years did it take for them to build the ark? It's like about 100 years? Yeah. That's a long time. A long time for persecution, yes. Let me ask you this, and I have thought about this. Here, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the stars, the moon, everything, the animals. I'm thinking, he's asking this man, to build the largest staff that I've been building. Why did God? Ron, you're what you're breaking up. I don't know what's happening with your phone, but it's breaking up. It's breaking up. Can Can you yeah, hear me now? Yeah, now I can. Uh, okay, let me repeat the question. I was I was I was just uh, thinking about how that God created everything within with with His words. Right. The stars, the moon, the earth, the animals, yeah. people. So why did not God just bam create an ark for Noah? Why did he exactly. just say, Hey, it would build it, you know? Yeah. And maybe you have an answer to that question, but it's something to think about. Yeah. And I'm thinking that maybe God wanted Noah to learn some things in the process of building the ark. I mean, I have talked to people who pray for the healing, for example, and they're not healed. And so I have asked, and they have asked, why? But then some of the people that I've talked to, yes, ma'am, I'm healed just like that. So why is there a delay in someone else's healing? Why did not God build, uh, uh, to speak the ark into existence for Noah? And probably 
the reason has to do with why God did not rescue me from that work situation um, the first six months to a year. I had to learn something. I had to perfect my craft. And so with Noah, there were some object lessons there for Noah, which we are learning thousands of years later. For the person who's not healed, perhaps there's something that they're supposed to go through. And the person who was healed, perhaps whatever lesson that they were to learn, they didn't have to be taught that lesson. I'm, I'm just theorizing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, the process. Thank you. You got yeah, it. Yeah, he had to go through the process. Yes, I get it. I mean, if you think about, okay, he went through 100 years of building the ark, all the persecution. Imagine what it was like when he's in the ark with all the animals in his family, and then all the people start seeing the rain and they realize he was telling the truth. And then the word says that God shut the door. So yeah. imagine hearing the people screaming and and the horror of knowing that they're about to die and he was telling the truth and he is safe in the arms of God, safe in the ark. This is just like us today. Mm-hmm. He had to trust God and endure through the process to see the suffering and to know that it's all up to God. When the door was shut, he then had to trust God that this boat that God told him how to build, and when he's hearing all the screaming, he's hearing all the waters, mm-hmm. the waves, and then he's having to wait 40 days and 40 nights. And mm-hmm. he's having to mm-hmm. trust God to start all over when no humanity, no animal was left on the planet. I mean, imagine the horrifying part of the beginning was for the rest of the story. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I feel, I feel God's presence so thick right now. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of you out there, Bride, that are suffering right now. And you're. I yeah. just wrote about this on Facebook the other day. Many friends that I prayed with, many ministers that feel like you're ready to explode. You can't take it anymore. You want out of your suffering. But God is saying, hold on, because when he releases you, it's going to all be worth it. And we have to enjoy and go through the process and trust the Lord through the suffering, just like Noah did. I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I mean, such a good job, sir, of the, when you describe the uh, depravity of the sexual appetites of man, imagine mm-hmm. him, imagine him listening to God, trying to protect his family, and then look at his family members that didn't even come on the boat. Mm. And and they were they were sucked in in the depravity of the sexual sin and all this. He still had to trust God when God took that hand and shut the door. Yeah. I mean, how terrible yeah. that had to have been. And then you think about Abraham when Abraham went over to Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels went in there to pull Lot out. When Lot went over there, Lot had probably a hundred thousand people when he left. Uh, Abraham he had all the wealth riches and everything land but in the end because Lot had sodded with all the sexual sin and all the depravity of that area he left with just his wife and two daughters and then he lost his wife because she was so engulfed in that sin she couldn't let go of it and then the daughters were so full of the sin that they ended up having sex with him in a very wrong manner so imagine that situation. Imagine the Noah situation. I mean, it's God talking to us today through this for sure. We've got to um, unpack. Go ahead. There, there's a couple of pages I want to read regarding the people that were watching Noah and yes. um, and how they were go ahead. And, and how they were and they were making fun of him. Okay, so, go ahead. Um, I love to hear this. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna get into it. And then, uh, so let me let me read the the couple of three graphs uh, that introduces the main area that I want 
your listeners to uh, to, to 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 hear. Anyway, okay. so Noah is is building the ark. It was a continuous procession of people coming and going. When they arrived, they wondered why we teetered, toppled, tottered, and tumbled trees in this overlapping pattern. They were puzzled at what they were witnessing. They questioned amongst themselves of what we were doing and how we were doing it. With how they treated and mistreated their animals, they were impressed that we so easily trapped, gently trained, and took advantage of our beasts, which ambled, grazed, and lived among us. With how their animals interacted with one another, they were also amazed that our beasts had such an, 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 an agreeable temperament with us and an amicable attitude with each other. They beheld our moaning mastodons and our roaring elephants cropping trees, carrying trees, and carefully dropping trees on the ground for us. They heard our snorting horses hauling fallen trees and placing their load as we directed them. They saw our hee-hawing donkeys heft and our brain mules hoist shorn logs for us. They looked at our bellowing oxen, pack, push, and pull lumber toward us. When they asked me what we were doing and learned that we were building a large boat on land far away from the nearest lake, a good ways from the closest to sea, and out of the way from the farthest ocean, they laughed at me, jeered me, and mocked me. They asked, when and where is this flood coming? They noted that since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. They said that I was abnormal. They said that I was nonsensical. They even called me Nutty Noah. They made up a four-note melody. They chanted this four-note tune as spectators were taunt gladiatorial combatants. They chanted, Nadi Noah, Nadi Noah, Nadi Noah. The touchy chant crescendoed. Before I knew it, this four-note, Nadi Noah, chant and five times clap, 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 was echoing all around us in Gopher Forest. After a while, they tired. They decrescendoed to just a smattering of chanting. They then stopped chanting, suspended singing, and ceased clapping. Then suddenly, someone else started doing the Nutty Noah chant and five times clap. Before I knew it, they were at it again. Nutty Noah! Nutty Noah! Though they howled at me, hooted me, and humiliated me, it just wasn't in me, a righteous man who feared a righteous God, to harbor any unrighteous ill will or hostility toward them. Yes, even though they thought that I was comical, cockeyed, and crazy, they, in process of time, became very, very curious. They were inquisitive. They were interested in the what we were doing, they were fascinated with the how we were doing, yet they were still unacquainted with the why we were doing it. I thought that it would be rather uncomfortable telling them that we were building an ark and my family and I would be safe, yet they would drown. Little did they know that our ark would withstand a flood of waters upon the earth that would take their breath of life from under heaven and kill everything that they knew that was in the earth. So initially, I didn't say anything. Wow. I love it. Of course, he continues on. Yeah. You are so gifted, sir, and you're writing... Uh, causing us to feel it. Hey, I think your professor would be very proud. Now, listen, uh, we end our broadcast every time. But first of all, I'd like you to tell us again what's your website and 
where are you going to go from here? You've got a fifth book coming. And what else do you hope to accomplish before the Lord takes you home or before the rapture? Well, I'm going to, I'm, God created me to write. So whatever I'm doing, I'm going to continue to write. I've got various Bible characters in mind that I would like to uh, pursue. Um, God, there's so many um, characters. Uh, I've got Joseph. I started Joseph. Uh, Joseph, I believe, is one of the most righteous men in the Bible. Um, I, I like Hezekiah. He's my favorite king. Um, I, I, I thought about doing first-person books on, on Samson and, and Ruth, uh, um, Esther. Oh, my God, there's so many Bible characters that I could write books about. I'm going to be writing until the Lord <laughs> takes me home. Amen. We're looking at your website right now. Tell us the name of your website. Ronald F. As in Frank Owens, O W E N S Jr. J R. I like to um, give. Um, um, I don't like to would shout out. I guess that's all right. I like to compliment and commend my parents, Ronald F. Aww. and Laura L. Owens. Um, they're going to be celebrating their 65th wedding anniversary wow. on August 7th. So wow. that is, so what is Monday, August? No. Today yeah, is the uh, fifth. So two days. Yeah. So they're going to be, they would have celebrated the 65th anniversary two days from now, August 7th, Wednesday. Aww. My mother just turned 88, and my dad will be 87 in November. So, but Aww. my parents have raised us. In the ways of the Lord, yeah. um, we've been exposed to um, various mighty men and women of God. I remember as a kid seeing, um, oh gosh, Corey Ten Boom. She's the woman that hid yes, I know uh, people from the Nazis. Yeah, I remember as a kid listening to her talk about her testimony. Um, my parents took us to see Catherine Coleman um, before she went on to be with the Lord. Uh, the Jesus People yeah. Movement in Hollywood, we used to go to their Bible studies, I think on Sunset Boulevard. So I've been exposed to a lot of men and women of God through, since 1967, 1968. And my yeah. parents have raised us up in the ways of the Lord, my elder sister, my younger sister, and my younger brother. So I just wanted to commend and compliment um, what they've done um, in, in my life and how they have influenced me and have kept me on the straight and narrow. And so that's why I take care of them. Um, and they're taking care of me as well um, because they have been instrumental in in being the man that I am today. Oh, well, we certainly bless them. We are looking on your publisher's website, and we are I'm doing this as you're talking. We're going through. I'm showing all your books. Uh, your publisher is Zulon Press, so I'm showing them this website right now. Well, I would like for us to pray, and we do this every time we ask the bride to come together in agreement uh, to pray for our guests because we believe they're at the point of promotion. So we're going to partner with heaven that you will be all that God has called you to be. Amen. 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 Okay, bride, if we would come together in agreement, let's pray for our brother. Lord, we pray for Ronald. Lord, we thank you for him being on the broadcast today, and we thank you, Lord, for him blessing us. We thank you, Lord, for him uh, showing us a very creative way uh, to tell the story of your word and to tell the story of the characters uh, in the Bible and how they felt and how all that stuff happened is amazing, Lord. Thank you for this very unique gift in our brother, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that all of his heart's desire about all these stories he wants to write, Lord, 
will come to pass in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we pray over his parents. Lord, in their, how long have they been married? 67 years? It'll be 65 years on Wednesday, August 7th. Wow. Lord, bless that marriage. Bless that family, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in their life and for his father serving our country, Lord. We bless him, Lord. Heal all their bodies, Lord, and give them all their heart's desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, sir, if you would please uh, pray for America, I would appreciate it. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We, Lord, we thank you that you have historically blessed this country because we have honored your name. Many of our government leaders have, have turned their back on you. Yes, Lord, we have sinned greatly. We have ignored yes. you. We have murdered the innocent. We have ignored the, 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 the pleas of, of, of pre-born babies, Lord. When I say we, I don't mean we individually, because I know that I'm speaking to an audience that is, that is, that is for pro-life, but I'm talking about we collectively as yes. a country. Lord, we pray for our leaders. We pray for President Donald Trump. We pray for Vice President Mike Pence. We pray for yes. Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We pray for the uh, um, um, for Mitch Mc, um, Mitch McConnell. He's the Senate leader, and um, yes. I've all, already invoked uh, Nancy Pelosi's name. We pray for these leaders and the congressmen and the governors. Lord, send people across these people's paths, individually, yes. to share the gospel with them, individually, to, so they can melt their heart to, to you, Lord, and yes. to righteousness. Lord, I pray for President Trump's protection, his continued protection. We yes. appreciate his boldness, Lord. We appreciate his boldness. There are things that he does, and the way he does things um, may not be how we would do things, but we appreciate his boldness and him recognizing that Jesus is Lord and recognizing and acknowledging the Christians in this country that helped build this country. We appreciate him acknowledging you and acknowledging your people. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, continue to give us boldness to preach the gospel, to preach about sin, to preach about confession, repentance. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We are sorry for our arrogance, for our self-righteousness. We Lord, if there's any sexual sin in the lives of men and women who are listening to this, give them the boldness to confess. Give them the boldness to repent. Yes, Lord. Identify for them one or two people they can trust and go to so they can be, be to, to confess that sin, and then they will not be ridiculed for it, Lord. Yes, Lord. I pray for this ministry. I pray for Dr. June Knight. I pray that you continually bless her, that you continually lead her, that you continually guide her, and that you will bless her beyond her imagination so she can continue the work that you have set on her to do. Yes, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, sir, and you have a wonderful evening. God bless you. And please tell your parents uh, congratulations. Well, I will tell them, and, and um, thank you for having me and, and allowing me to share what God has given me. Because ultimately, this is not mine. This is yes. God. And yes. I need to thank the Holy Spirit for yes. inspiring me. Amen. All right. God bless you. Have a good day.
You have a great evening as well, Dr. Knight. Goodbye. All right. Bye-bye.